0: Uh, here we go. Hey, all, thank you again for this uh, episode of the Digital Data Cafe. I'm super pumped and super excited to have uh, Miss Becca Chernick here uh, to join us. She's got a wealth of F&I experience um, and, and a lot of automotive background. Um, without further ado, uh, Becca, welcome to the, to the podcast.
1: It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you again for having me. Um, yeah, so thank you for inviting me. Appreciate it.
0: No, super, super excited. And, uh, and I got to tell you, this topic that we're going to be covering today, digital retailing, and how it incorporates and implements into the F&I process and, and really what it means for the dealer is, is super exciting, but it's, it's needed, right? Dealers need to hear about this. So, But before we do, I think they need to hear about you. So why don't you tell us your story and, and how you got here?
1: Well, it's a big story. It's a great story. And I started selling cars when women weren't supposed to be selling cars. And in fact, my father was a dealer and he really did not even want me to go into the car business. He didn't feel that women belonged in the industry. Interesting. So a lot of people think that I was the chip off the old block, but frankly, I like to prove people wrong, especially my father, just kidding. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) out of all the siblings in my family... Um, three brothers, two sisters. Here I am. I I knocked it out, and I actually left college, and I went to knock on Alpaca Lincoln and Mercury's door in Baltimore, Maryland. You may know where that may be. I'm family. very
0: familiar with Alpaca. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so they hired me as their first female to sell cars. So there it was. And then we realized that I certainly had the DNA in my blood. And then later I went to a truck dealership. Ford uh, dealership in Upper Marlboro, Maryland, okay. and Rob um hires me, and again, first female there, is to sell, and then I get promoted into F and I, and I'm going to tell you right now, I thought I died more to heaven. It was the <laughs> best thing that ever happened to me, and I thought for sure I was going to be the very, very best. I mean, I was going to kill it. I was yes. going to own this deal, and frankly, I did. But. They sent Great. me to Pat Ryan and Associates in Chicago. So I did that old deal and everybody that can relate to Pat Ryan and what that whole thing was, it wasn't easy. Um, right. And yeah, so that was part of it. And then later I uh, became a director of finance for some large automotive dealerships in the Washington, D.C. area. Mm-hmm. And I know all my all the, all the people in that area. A lot of fun, good people. Then in nineteen, I'm really dating myself here, guys. Nineteen ninety five, I get hired by Jane JMA.
0: All right, all right, okay. very familiar. Exactly. Yes, yes. Toyota, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so
1: here we go again, newbie all over. Specialist. They they put you in dealerships all over the USA, and here you have your suitcase and your banking keys. You're doing whatever that you have to do to be Um, profitable right to to maximize profits for the store to train up whatever that they need at that particular time and or kicking off stores and our goal was to do whatever that it took to maximize those profits so it could be different touch points to be able to move that performance so that's from from obviously that stakeholder GM (laughs) yeah all the way uh through the sales associates um the desking as well as your F and I department to move that that performance. So, really acquired a tremendous amount of experience in and out of all these dealerships throughout the USA. And then eventually, this is what the kick. This was a kicker. Nineteen ninety seven. Yes, I get promoted to the AutoNation division.
0: All right.
1: And this is where my whole world changed. So you have to appreciate the fact that. Man, I owned it, you know, I mean, yeah. I'm being hired by jm and and not everybody's hired by JM&A. You have some right. talent. That's right. You've got to know what you're doing, man, because they weren't going to hire just anybody. That's right. So, I mean, I was proven. So now all of a sudden I'm doing the complete opposite of anything that I was ever trained to do. Okay. I'm meeting customers at a kiosk in the middle of a showroom and we are presenting this menu. We are presenting... A way to be completely upfront customers understood the terms of the sale they understood what they were paying for a car what they yep. got for a trade-in yep. which was unheard of yes they they knew the payment they also knew the interest rate and then from there we presented our products and even then they knew their payment and it was like how is this ever going to work
0: that's right is the uh, the inception of, of consumer transparency and menu selling right
1: it's exactly right. And I'll, I'll tell you, talk about intimidating. Right. I, I'll never forget when I had to go out there with another Evanite person in tow and here we are and I'm presenting this menu and I'm thinking, how's this gonna work? Right. <laughs> and even the guys at JMA, and a they were like, Becky, why in the world are you in that division? Have you lost your mind? There's no way you can be upfront and still be profitable. That's right. And I'm like, you know what? I pay my dues. I'm taking this on. I'm going to do whatever it takes to make it work. And it did. And then we just turned heads along the way and we took the nation by storm. It was, it was phenomenal. Then, of course, they said, okay, well, you can be okay there in the mega stores. That's going to work. That's okay. That makes sense. Right. But you're not going to take that menu into the new car stores. Right. That's not going to work. You're, you're going to fail. And one thing about me, is when someone tells me <laughs> I can't do something
0: that's right you're I'm do that. wrong that's right'm
1: gonna I don't know what it is
0: <laughs> yeah well you <laughs> know the, the common thread the common thread and I have to say this because it just it just shines and it screams at me right it's you know what Becca you are the first in many right you're the yeah. fighter you know I could see it it exudes through you you're the, you're the first woman you know you're gonna go out there and you're gonna do it you're gonna get in that dealership you're gonna kick butt you're the, you're the first in, 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 in getting into those showrooms and, and being in an all man's world, if you will, and and making it happen and, and cutting your chops and making making it work. And now, look, you know, first in menu setting, you know, first in transparency, consumer transparency. And you did it. I mean, this is exciting.
1: Well, it, I think, you know, along with some team members, you know, but sure. it was it was just everyone doesn't understand because at the time, You've got to understand how many people told me, Becky, this isn't going to work. Are you out of your mind? What are you even thinking? There is no way you can present this menu right. and customers are going to buy. right? When the opposite happened, the more that you were upfront with that customer, the more you were engaging with the customer earlier on in that process, yes. the more that you built that credibility. Yep. And they bought
0: into it. Yeah, it I, simply worked. you are you are preaching uh, my language, right, which is building <laughs> consumer loyalty. I mean, this is where we have moved as an industry. You know, it's all about consumer transparency, building the one to one relationship with that consumer. Um, that's really what's going to build the brand, you know, moving forward. And, and so, you know, you were at JMA, you, you've created this menu selling, you're, you're proving yourself in the franchise world. So, so what was the next part of your story?
1: Well, that's where it gets even better. So I decided <laughs> in 2001, I actually left JMA, okay. and I decided that, you know what, i got this and I'm going to take the secret sauce and I'm going to be that torch, if you will. Right. And Um, I founded my consulting company on those same best practices and strategies, which meant that I went to different dealerships all over the USA as a consultant on this, on these practices. And it was dealers that really were talking more about it. And they were hearing more about it in their NADA 20 groups. And they started to understand, maybe I need to pay attention to this deal. Maybe I need to find out all the, all the uh, what's, What's that menu selling all about and how it's going to help me to be more profitable and keeping profits on the books, reduce, uh, reduce those chargebacks. Yes. Um, Have a better customer um, relate uh, experience and reduce the time that it takes, you know, to, to buy a car.
0: Absolutely. So
1: they're like, sign me up. Let's take a look at this. So I'm in dealerships. I'm in doing workshops for NADA, NCM all over the USA, in Canada, even as well. Incredible. And it just was, it just blew up from there. It just was a great idea. Yeah, you know, and of course we struggled with that. And then I've had workshops all over the USA as well, had Evanite i people, hundreds of, I mean, just to tell you how many I would have in these workshops all over the country, talking about the benefit behind and how to put this in place. Absolutely. So it's like- you have a piece of paper, right? You have the idea behind it. Yes, ma'am. And, and and think through this. I mean, here it is. But how do you really make it work? Right. How do you how do you integrate it into your everyday workflow? You know, you've got to remember eight people like what's in it for me. Right. And how is that going to affect my what?
0: Right my pay plan. That's right. Your pay plan. Well, you know, and that, and that might be a really good opportunity for you to, to walk us through the evolution of, you know, that, that transparency, right. That consumer journey, that transparency, early two thousands, right. You know, we're doing menu selling and and now look at where we're at, right. We're, we're in this DR landscape, you know, so walk us through how that transitions happened and, and, you know, maybe kind of from, from there, from where we're at now, you know, what you're talking about all the way to where digital retailing has become a real thing. Cause I remember, you know, listen, I, full transparency. I remember early two thousands. Oh my goodness. Uh, there's going to be websites and oh my goodness. there There's going to be customers that'll come online. They're going to order a car. and uh, my franchise is going to shut down and there's going to be no auto trader. There's going to be not. So look, Never happened now. I feel like we had the same kind of, um, you know, sense of concern here when digital retailing uh, started, but interesting segue. So walk us through kind of the origin of digital
1: retailing. So you're right. So here's the thing. It's it's all about engaging the customer way. It, that's what people have to see, see. How does the customer want to engage? So my, my first was, again, remember, meeting customers out at a kiosk in the middle of the showroom. Right. It was not dragging customers into an F&I box again and doing the traditional box close. That's right. It was different. We were meeting them on their terms. So it isn't any different meeting a customer on their terms at their home or in their office right. and utilizing the tools that are available to us to help us engage better, to be more intuitive with that client. It's no different really back, you know, uh, even when I was doing subprime. Right. Every customer I, I, that came into that store, I reached out to before they ever got into the dealership. And the reason why is to do hmm. our fact finding.
0: Interesting. To ensure
1: the information that I gathered was correct to begin with. What's the sense of bringing someone in without the proper information that i need to go ahead and put a deal together. Right. No different here. We've given the customer the ability, give control to take control. Let them have the flexibility to shop the vehicle online. Why not? Why not? Why not? Of course they should. Right. And then from there, hey, can what's my budget? What right. am i looking to do? Yeah. And why not? and to toggle through all the terms and financing options that would be available to them. And yep. while we're at it, why not go ahead and have the flexibility to shop for, for, our, for our products?
0: Yeah, warranty gap. Let's let them see and let them pick their own solutions that make sense for them. But you know, I think one of the things, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the big challenges that I saw in the early onset, especially when some of the manufacturers were kind of picking and choosing the tools that, that you know each brand had to use, um, but a lot of retailers kind of got stuck in that mindset of of DR is just a lead generator. And they're using it as a lead tool instead of really as a vehicle completion tool. So what are your thoughts on that? And, you know, how is that really a stumbling block in the main big picture of it?
1: Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So it was more or less a, yes, yeah, treated more or less so is today as a lead oh. generator. That's hmm. really kind of where it's at. And unfortunately, the customer can toggle through some of these options that may be available to them. But when they get into the dealership, the process starts all over again as if they've never been there. Yes. And the idea behind this is that we are giving customers the ability to shop to determine financing options earlier on so that way we're shorting shortening up the time it takes to buy a car right we are making this process easier right but what's happening is we have that you're right connect to disconnect Mm -hmm. and it's my way or the highway still Hmm. i still as an i still am struggling with the fact of giving the customer the flexibility of deter- determining these options in advance. Yep. If I feel I'm not in control, I have a problem. I have a concern with that. And that's their thinking, that's the challenge. Yep. So what, so they won't allow the customer the flexibility to get through that digital journey. You know, they-
0: no, my apologies didn't interrupt, but I will say this, um, you know, so back in the day, I remember, um, when I was uh, cutting my teeth in the auto trader days. And, um, and you would, you would know that, you know, the experience, the customer experience, and and I'll tie this into kind of how we need to meet the customer where they're at is, you know, you would go and you would meet with your retailer. You'd sit down and you'd say, Hey, you know, look, let's talk about the experience, right? And at that time, we didn't have the full visibility, right? We, we couldn't see in the tools where they toggled to 5,000 down or, or 2,500 down, or they, they would adjust the term. We didn't have those tools, but, but we knew that the customer was, was, was looking at the photos. We knew that they were looking at comments. We knew that they were, you know, hey, you know, bring over your spouse over here and take a look at the photos. Um, and then they would submit a lead. And then what would happened was that customer would manifest themselves on the dealer lot. And I would tell the retailers, I would say, you know, hey, Mr. and Mrs. GM, um, you know that customer that parks their car, goes past that lot, past that lane, past that lane, and goes all the way to that corner and just starts standing by that one little yellow Volkswagen beetle or whatever it is, right? Yeah. And and, and I used to call it the beeline effect, right? I would say that that's the customer that's going to do the beeline straight to the car because they've already sold themselves, right? They're 90% on the bottom of the funnel. So now let's talk about that from a DR perspective. So with digital retailing, we know that they're getting themselves down that funnel. They're potentially all the way to a a soft credit pool, or they're all the way to the point where they've picked gap or warranty. And then all of a sudden I walk into that dealership and then it's, hi, my name is Steve. How can I help you today? Right. And now we're restarting them over. So the whole concept of that connect to disconnect I got to tell you, I think you're right on. And, and so how do we build executable dealership workflows to do this? And, and what are your recommendations to really meet the customer where the customer's at?
1: Well, this is where I had a conversation with Brian Kramer. who mm-hmm. is the GM of yes. Jermaine Toyota. Yes. And one of the things that he did, and this happened during the COVID, the, the team, When they all hit, they realized we've got to do something different. Mm -hmm. We can't keep doing what we've always been doing. We want to get through this and we are going to be very successful doing this. Got to create a plan. And absolutely. One of the things that I absolutely liked about where Brian was going with that, he got all the team members together. Hmm together to mastermind through what does this look like and how can we best make sure that everyone is involved in implementing an in-dealership or from engagement online to in-dealership workflow. And every individual, every manager, BDC, you name it, everyone is um, had had feedback and was a part of that decision-making.
0: Now, uh, quick question. for That's amazing. And I love that. So so walk us through that. Do you think that it it makes sense then to also incorporate the entire team from all the way start of maybe even the decision making process to even buy the technology? Should they be in the decision making process of should I is this the right tool for our dealership? How far back should they be involved?
1: Can I tell you how often dealers go to, you know, we all know, and, you know, our dealers are going to NADA 20 groups or they're going to NADA and right. they, they pick up on this shiny new technology and it's like, man, this is it. This is awesome. Right. So cool. But they may not think through the integration and what they currently have. Yep. And so what ends up happening is that, again, it's a disconnect with the team. Mm. And they have super frustrations because now all they're doing is trying to satisfy this dealer, right. but they do a workaround. So meanwhile, technology sits back and collects cyber dust. Nothing yeah. really happens there. You so know, I would definitely recommend that the dealer, along with their managers, absolutely have to look at each part of what that technology can do and how it integrates.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I think, you know, uh, your, your key stakeholders in every single profitable, you know, center in that, in that dealership should be involved. Anything, any stakeholder that's going to be a part of that consumer journey should be in, involved in the integration because to your point, um, You know, all too often that that shiny new object syndrome, right? The shiny new object syndrome gets you excited. You buy because it looks great, but you're not thinking about how is this going to incorporate with my BDC? You know, how is this going to really incorporate with with, what's happening in the box? Right. So you really have to, you know, make sure that the the key stakeholders are part of that decision making process, how it integrates. And then I think what you said was about Brian, right? Making sure that you have a plan in place, um, you know, what, what type of processes, you know, uh, from plans that you would recommend that make sense just for somebody like a dealership that has it now, or, well, you know what, better yet, walk us through some, some solutions that you think make sense for dealers, A, that don't have a good DR tool right now, where should they start? And then B, you know, maybe retailers that have a tool right now, how can they go back and kind of reset that workflow process?
1: Wow. Well, the thing that they want to be able to do goes every digital retailing tool. Does they they have a different culture culture, if you mm-hmm. will, mm-hmm. Um, what they what they think the process should be? So, for example, CarNow could be one different than Roadster. Roadster is different than Autofy. Any right. of these. Uh, digital retailers offer a different way to go. The dealer needs to make a decision. What do I need? What, as far as my uh, culture is concerned, is the technology matched to what we are doing and how we process the deal? Period. That's the first thing that you need to look at because one is different from another. It's just like sending someone to training and then having them go back to the dealership and yes. nobody supports the training. What are you doing? Right. <laughs> so you really have to really determine, first of all, what do you believe in? What is your culture? What, do you, what is your mindset when it comes to this technology? What do you produce versus what the other technology or digital driver offers? And I think that that's a really important piece of it all really important.
0: I love that. I love that. Cause you, you know, and, um, just to kind of put some, some context behind that, right. Um, you know, looking at your culture in your store and tying it to that DR tool is so important because to your point, all of the digital retailing tools have different drivers, right? Some really, uh, you know, uh, you know, propel the, the chat experience, right? And making sure that you're working your consumer through that chat experience. And guess what? If you don't have a BDC team or, or, or stakeholders that'll, that'll take that on, that may not be the best tool for you. So exactly. you're exactly right. I, I think that's really great feedback. And so-
1: Or like you have a dealer who's like, um, all right, I'm okay with a soft pull. Right. But you get into a hard inquiry. I've got a problem with that. That's right. I don't want to finalize this transaction. Right. I just want to get to the point enough to know this is the car that they want. These are some of the options that would be available and the likelihood of an approval. Other than that, I'm ready to get involved, get this customer into the dealership. That's my conversation. Or you have a dealer mindset who says, you know what, we'll complete the whole thing. I don't care.
0: Right. You right. Know,
1: we'll get to the physical offsite delivery process. We'll figure all that out. It's just like you said. It depends on their culture, what they feel that that process needs to be. But if in the event it doesn't, um, it doesn't job, it doesn't integrate, you're going to have, everyone's going to work around it. They're going to do everything they can to work around it. It's not going to. It's yeah. not going to get
0: integrated. It's, it's it's, uh, it's it's you know, Steve Jobs back in the day, he actually made a really good, um, you know, uh, on stage. when I think it was back in the day when he was unveiling the iPhone. I think one of the things he said is that, you know, a lot of the technology companies, one of the things that they always do, and they, they tend to make the biggest mistakes. And that mistake is that they always think about how cool my tech is, how awesome the tech is, and how great the tech is. And so a bunch of engineers go back and they start developing all this tech. That's and right. no one ever stopped to say customer first. How does this actually work for the customer and then work their way back to develop the tech? Same thing here for the dealership experience. Stop and think about your customer first, then go back, inspect the tech, right? Inspect Correct. the tech and how it integrates. And I think you, Becca, you're, you're right on point there.
1: Well, I, I just, I've seen so many roadblocks and frustrations because of it. Right. And then they found out, well, I thought this was going to do this or that or the other. So we have to do better fact finding and just making sure that it all seemed it's it's that seamless process and it supports what we're doing in the dealership.
0: Well, going back to what you said, I think it's probably the most important piece of it all. Right. And and the takeaway, um, regardless of, of what tech you have or what processes you have, I think one of the biggest choke points and I think the biggest fallout factors that we're talking about here. Right. Is. At the end of the day, right, if you boil it all down, we know that digital retailing is allowing consumers to uh, control their journey further, right? And then the problem is at some point, whether the, you know, either the consumer is going to do one of two things, right? They're going to either complete their journey, you know, select their own after sales, pick their own warranties, you know, do their own solution and complete the transaction. Or they're going to get so far and then stop that transaction. And then at some point they're going to reveal themselves To you either in store or uh by lead and then i think your main thing and and, and correct me if i'm wrong is is meeting that customer and you know i've heard you in the past talk about the amazon experience and the apple experience walk us through that
1: well the amazon experience remember everything keep it simple keep it make it easy make it easy to buy a car and create that ultimate buying experience, seamless. Don't make customers sit forever long in the day, waiting to buy a car and to get in and out of this Evanite department. So we have to make it more user-friendly. Amazon obviously is very user-friendly and everyone, and I can't imagine, I'm sure there's plenty, there's a lot, who have used Amazon. How easy is it to shop to, to buy? One, two, Great. three. Done. Right, Isn't one, two, three. It? Yep. And they get to my home or, and, and that's it. That's all I want in the Apple analogy. Mm-hmm. The Apple is so important because the Apple offers the customer again, a um, they're engaging online. But when you walk into that, into their physical store, when you're in the store, more uh, brick and mortar, that that experience is the same, right? It's identical. It is identical. It still is a wow moment of fun, of seamless, of cool. And customers just love the experience. And right. I don't know. This is what we this is what I'm talking about. Taking yeah. a customer from that wow online experience, having fun, digging through their options. I don't care whether or not they do a hard inquiry and obtain financing. Who cares? Right. Because Customer comes in for physical delivery. We got most of this stuff out of the way. It's not as if I can't go ahead and do an upsell and finalize the transaction. So what is everybody so concerned about? It's just makes it so much easier. And when you make it easier, you're going to be a lot more profitable.
0: Love it. Love it. And so, you know, um, I, I like the concept of being able to build a seamless I call it the online to offline transition, right? Because if you think about it and, and, and as a consumer of Apple myself, I, I, I like how you're integrating that concept into the digital dealership world because think about it, right? Whether your phone breaks and you have to go into Apple and fix your screen or whether you're putting an order in and you stop short of that order, you know, you're getting a notification right away. As soon as you get a notification, they're letting you know which store you're going to go to. As soon as you get there, you're meeting your, Apple representative, they're pulling your info up. They know exactly what you're looking for. And I didn't restart. I didn't have to retell my story. And to your point, that's the Apple experience, right? That's
1: it. That's it. And so I think that, you know, the dealer world is still stuck. Not everyone. Right. But the reality of it is they're still stuck in the, we'll wait to talk about these terms. Right customer makes their way into the F&I office. That's how mm-hmm. we do it. then. Right. And this is something that over a period of time, they need to switch right. their thinking and realizing the time that you need to engage with that customer isn't when that customer walks into your F&I office. You're going to lose more. You're going to lose control. What's going to end up happening if we're not engaging sooner the customer way, customers have too many options available to them online. Would you not agree? I would
0: agree hundred percent.
1: So if you want to continue to keep doing what you've been doing, you got customers walking in with a check made out for the exact amount. That's right.
0: That's right. Penny this is what
1: we're trying to do to prevent that from happening. And the technology, if I, if you don't mind me saying this, oh please, um, I wrote a blog on LinkedIn and it was about the human factor. Technology does not replace the human factor. That's right. What's happening here, it enhances what we're doing. We're utilizing these tools to really benefit from the ultimate customer experience. And you know, let's face it, yeah. you know, if a customer has a good time buying a car, they're going to be back. And the bet and I'll tell you, there's nothing better than a repeat customer. That's right. Right? That's it's right. It's just nothing better. I mean, right. so, but if you have a customer that you've dragged through the mud and taken forever long in a day, doing things the old school way. Yep. They're not coming back.
0: Yeah. And in a world where right now brand loyalty is, is becoming almost non-existent right in a world where, you know, CSI becomes a more important, you know, you know, basically part of the whole process. You've got to, to learn how to own that, that share of the consumer, that, that mind, you know, peace of mind that the consumer is going to have when they're working with you so they can share that and be a voice for your dealership. Cause to your point, right. We're in this world where that consumer experience is critical. I love, love the concept of enhancing the human experience and making it the ultimate customer experience. That's, That's what we, it have is. To, we have to get there. How do we get
1: there? <laughs> How do we get there? Well, you know, again, it's just like what was when I was putting many selling the dealerships right. years back. And it was like, everybody was like tugging, right? They were right. like, Hey, it's taken a while to get this buy-in. And believe me when I tell you, you just can't take no for an answer. You right. can't. Right. It's just showing them the way. Yes. It really is just showing them the way it's getting away, getting away from that fear factor yep. and the, Once we get and show and tell that, Hey, by the way, this works. And the more that we do, the better that we get, the more they hear the success stories, the more they start thinking, well, maybe, maybe there's something here.
0: Yeah. and 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 you know what's interesting, and I not not to cut you short there, but I'll tell you, um, you know, in my previous roles, you know, working with um with Infinity and, and when DR rolled out, um, you know, part of it is showing the dealers the way. But then also once they see that consumers, believe it or not, when given the power of choice, they will choose more. And and your your bottom line in the box can go up. So you gotta show them the way, you gotta see the, the value, and then you'll see the customer will. Build themselves the, the options they want.
1: Well, what's interesting. So Brian Kramer, as I mentioned, but uh, we had a conversation yes. on one of my talk shows and uh, live talk with Becky Chernick. And it was really a great, great conversation. Oh, I
0: saw it. It was wonderful. It was fantastic.
1: He's something else. Yes. He's out of the box. Top I 1%. love him. Yes. He's like, he gets it. Yep. And so his F&I manager was giving him like a hard, hard time about hmm. um, doing this f online. Okay. online. It, it is. I mean, these guys are fighting it tooth and nail. Just make no mistake about it. Right. They don't want to do it. They don't want to go ahead, meet a customer online. They are very uncomfortable with that whole process and mm-hmm. that conversation. They're just uncomfortable because they feel like they have lost control.
0: Well, it's well, how they built their value all this time, right? It's how yeah. they built their value.
1: It's how I, how I felt when I first went out and presented my menu in the middle of right. the showroom. I'm like, are you people kidding me? How is this all going to work? And yeah. that's how they feel. That's exactly how they feel. And that's exactly how they felt when, it, when you're talking about, do you, you want me to present a base payment on this menu? Are you right. people out of your mind? I'll right. do that right this, there's no difference here but where i'm going with the story sure is that he pushed her he gave mm-hmm. her no alternative she had no other option you're going to do this okay and that's it there's no other ship in the arbor this is it this is one ship this is where we're going i yep. love this analogy on that love it. That. that's a tough pill to swallow i get it, it. yes it is but let me tell you right now, she is the number one f i person blowing it away, wow. doing F&I online to cash customers, and she is hitting it. So guess who's coming on my live talk with Becky Journey?
0: Uh, the F&I manager.
1: She's going to talk about it and she's going to talk about her struggles or challenges with it and how she blew it out of the water. Well, that so is going to like, be, oh, that's
0: going to be so that's going to be exciting. That's going to be an exciting episode. And actually, you know what? I think that probably puts us in a really good position here, you know, to, you know, hey, if I'm a dealer or if I want to build process or I want to get more of that information from from Becca, how does how, how do we get a hold of you? What's the next steps? I mean, how can we get more of this valuable insight?
1: Well, thank you very much. I'm all over LinkedIn. So Rebecca Chernick, Becky Chernick, you can look me up both ways. I'm online. I'm on Google. You can search me on, but also feel free to email me, say Becky at Chernick Consulting. Now, C-H-E-R-N-E-K consulting.com. That way, I mean, there's so many different ways you can, you can find me, um, on Facebook. I do those lives, lives talk with Becky Chernick, um, Facebook and LinkedIn lives every Wednesday. And then my podcast, make your, uh, Evan, I profit stick. Yep. And so amazing conversation I had just, um, with, uh, Dave Anderson mm-hmm. and, well what's really cool about that, maybe one day we'll even get, dig a little bit deeper into this conversation sure. because I think sometimes dealers, you know, that are doing really well, they're max, they're they're killing it, right? And especially now they're maximizing all the profits on every single deal. I mean, if you're not, what's up with that? Um, right. then you really need to call me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, if there's a struggle, something's not right, right? Right. But, you know, we have a tendency when we're really successful that we keep our blindfolders on. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and it it really ends up after a while, because as Dave Anderson points out, we have really good seasons, but we also have bad seasons. Right. And right now we're in a great season, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not preparing for for your future. You know, where are you six months from now, one year from now? Two years from now. That's right. And that's what we really want to make sure that, hey, by the way, you might be doing great now, but do we have a plan in place to really sustain that profit?
0: So glad that you said that. Um, This is a really important note to end on because I think a lot of dealers are in that mindset of, I'm killing it right now. I'm great. I don't need to improve on anything. Highest gross as ever. But, uh, you know, Becca, you and I both know, and I think everyone out there, you know, should know. Uh, it's a matter of time when that market edges against you, and it's those that are proactive that will succeed versus the reactive. And if you want to be proactive, I'm telling you, they got to come see you. They got to talk to you.
1: I so. They're gonna kill
0: it. <laughs> well, thank you yeah. so much, and looking forward to to uh, you know being on future uh, shows with you.
1: Absolutely, you're coming on, I, I, That's for I darn yes. podcast. <laughs> yes, yes,
0: ma'am. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you,